dearly beloved, thank you for tuning in today. This is Ayla Sky, and calling in all of you creators, all of the people who are birthing into the new world and creating from our hearts. I'm interviewing and conversing and sharing space and sharing a prayer more than anything with Sarah Drew, the author of The Gaia Codex. I love this book. I love it because it's visionary. I actually am not a big reader of novels on most at most times, but this one felt beyond novel. It almost felt like a prophetic uh, voice for us. And I'm seeing now how useful and grateful I am to people who can sort of peel back the veil and expose a new potential reality to us to um, express that so beautifully and create a vision that we can hold on to. I, we, it was recently Martin Luther King Day, and I was remembering his I Have a Dream speech. And I believe that is the significance of his legacy is that he actually created a vision, you know, that mountaintop experience, the vision of black children and white children holding hands. He painted for us the vision of the promised land, of where we were going. And that's such a beautiful way to create, to create movement, to create something that's based on holding up a potential positive vision together. And I'm starting to see how important this kind of vision is for each of us to hold on to. And so I'm really grateful that Sarah created this book as as something that could fill fill us with images and fill us with ideas and um, felt sense of what it could be like if we awaken to our our gifts as priestesses, as those who could read uh, Mother Gaia, we could read um, DNA, we could read the energy around us and feel what, what the earth and what the universe and the cosmic reality is asking of us. And and so it's really fun. I invite you to get into that. And um, it was really fun for me, especially um, hearing from her about her own creation process in terms of writing it and stepping into her dharma and what it feels like to bring something like this through. All of those were really, really exciting for me to be part of as I feel I'm stepping into my own dharma in a really powerful and new way in my life. So I really hope you enjoy this podcast with Sarah Drew. You can find her book, The Gaia Codex, at thegaiacodex.com. I also included the link in the show notes. This, this book touched me so deeply. It's a mythic novel, but it feels very much like a scriptural text or something that you know to be true or I found to be true deep in my bones in the wisdom of, of the story, the wisdom of the what was brought through energetically. And the crux of it is that, if you don't mind me kind of going into Ooh. a little bit of the novel, Sarah, before Ooh. I introduce you... Um, is just that it's this it's this beautiful novel about these priestess lineage called the priestesses of Astara, and they they are able to tune into the 
codes written in all of creation and understand the patterns in history and in life all around them. And they connect to rebirth the world anew at times of crisis on the earth. And this novel takes place, it's futuristic, but it almost takes place as if it could be here and now. It feels very relevant to our time. And um, there's themes of DNA regeneration. And then this this beautiful theme of the hieroscamos, the divine union of masculine and feminine that rebirths new worlds. Um, and so all of these themes are deeply in my heart, deeply, deeply in my psyche. And I'm so excited to ask you questions, Sarah, to, to learn about the novel. And also, I know you're writing something now. I would love for you to share with our readers what's inspiring Nick you now as well. So that's your little introduction. Thank you so much for being with us. Welcome to the podcast. So happy to be here. Um, You know, as we were chatting before, it feels just very auspicious to be gathering at this time, the two of us and, and all of us that will be listening to this. And, and really, I think just the gathering of us is as women and as sentient souls on the planet right now, um, mm. I feel like there's this uh, activation of a larger web that is happening um, that is almost like this pulsing undercurrent to so many of the transmutations and you know cultural breakdowns that we're seeing that something else I think many of us are feeling is emergent and I think it comes alive in in these conversations and us coming together so thank you for for having me here and um, I'm really excited (laughs) me too thank you and I love that you're touching on this emergent part of it which is the conversation and how we're actually creating these, this together um, mm. in the in the energetic field, and um, you you when when I invited you to be on the podcast, I had no idea that you were going to say yes, but I'm so grateful you did. But you shared how excited you were about this being a prayer for the world. And I've sort of held that intention that this indeed be our prayer, that we actually create something new and in our conversation and hold that um, as a possibility right now in our world. So Mm. just sharing that with our viewers so they can participate as our viewers, our listeners, so they can (laughs) participate as well. Mm. Mm. (sighs) Thank you. Yeah. I think we have such potency and power to really embody. And it seems like this year is a lot about bringing the original or the theoric or the dreaming state into our actual reconnecting with it, but actually alchemizing it with our, our lived experiences as sentient material beings. And, Mm. you know, as there's like in one way, there's one earth, but there's many earths, right. And we're at one of these junctures and the planet right now where, um, we're collectively one one framing is to see that we're collectively choosing 
what the experience will be in the next decades and for the generations to come for our children's children of all species on the planet. So I think, you know, our, our bringing that, this dreaming that many of us have had that looks maybe very different from our current civilization, bringing that to life is such a great, great work. For all of us, I mean, I know that I'm, I know that I'm inspired and and happy to play a small part with that. Yes, um, and you started this book. I, if you don't mind, I'd love to to talk about how this material came to you as a creator of mm. this and how you brought it through because we're all creating this together, right? And you. Yeah brought it through in this form, which is a, a really beautiful form that we, that is easily shareable. And how did this, how did this come to you and how has it grown um, mm. for you and, and mm-hmm. as yeah. a movement? Yeah, I would say the, I think, you know, I think many of us, again, have been holding a lot of these codes. For me, the original, uh, prologue to the book uh, came maybe 20 years ago. The initial vision, there is, you know, echoes of it, you know, um, you know, in my teens and maybe even a deeper felt sense as a child in this incarnation. The actual writing of the book, though, started to happen in 2008, and then it was published in 2014. And it really, it's been growing, as you would imagine, because I think Mm -hmm. at first it was something that some people uh, immediately resonated with and had that sense of deep knowing. But in terms of the collective, it was more on the edge of a lot of people's consciousness. Mm -hmm. It's really been interesting to see what is happening right now as we move you know, almost into the eye of the storm, you know, mm-hmm. that, that place where in many ways the book was written from the perspective of Lila Sophia, the main character, our heroine, it was written from almost right now, maybe a little later, you know, but it really is moving into that center point. And I, I feel mixed emotions in some ways that mm-hmm. some of the things in the book that were written on a more you know, possibility or fantastic mode are actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they are. And also many of the good things are happening. Like I said, I think we're gathering. There's many beings that are awakening and remembering. And, you know, women are coming together from, I think, more and more of a, a pow- empowered place and not a state of, victimhood mm-hmm. you know? but really um, being alive with that power that's been a multi-generational power of, of lineage you know because the lineages don't go away it's just us reconnecting back in with them I think mm-hmm. and reconnecting back into the wisdom of Mother Gaia mm-hmm. What is your way of connecting to Mother Gaia? 
<laughs> running naked in the woods. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of that. I mean, I, I grew up. We were we were a, a hiking family. You know, when I when I was a child, I'd hike the Grand Canyon twice by the age of eight. We had organic gardens. You know, I milked the goat every day. Mm. I, um, from both my parent parents' lineage, there was you know they came from uh, agrarian cultures you know at least a you know with a big gardening tradition that was mm-hmm. multi-generational mm-hmm. so it was very practical a lot of hard work mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of the you know as a kid we we were the labor so um <laughs> well you know i grew up on a farm too in michigan where did where did you grow up i grew up in southern california so we just had oh, like cool. a acre and a half but you know we we had seasonal gardens which you can have there Mm-hmm. and enough food to to feed the family and I, I think a lot of my connection with the earth was just very practical and mm-hmm. you know that that continues and mm-hmm. uh um my husband and I live on a farm upstate we we live in New York City but we also are on 240 acres up here and oh wow uh, so yeah, it's the practical, but also the mystical and, you know, going into that, I think, you know, connecting into the the heart of Gaia, the spirit of Gaia, the, the anima mundi, mm. the, I mean, there's, I've traveled all over the, the, the planet, not unlike Lila Sophia, mm-hmm. I, you know, had the gift and opportunity to you know, especially in my 20s, I spent a lot of time going to different places to really realign both with my whatever past spiritual lineages I had there, but, you know, realign with her and realign with the mother and re-remember, you know, so there was the opportunity and gift of being able to do a lot of that. And, and then also studying a lot through that. And then, you know, direct experience. Um, you know, I had some pretty direct you know more in my 20s I really haven't done so much over the last couple of decades but for a couple of years you know working with some of the the theogenic medicines at that Mm. point for about a two-year period and then Mm. it was really um, helpful uh, to re-remember as well but I've always been uh, very you know even as a kid I was having mystical experiences so that it it just was a you know some icing on the cake and but it was very useful at that time and then for me pretty much it was complete Mm -hmm. Um, not that it wouldn't come up again but it was a very it was very profound at the time Mm -hmm. well you can feel that depth of wisdom of awareness of study of lineages in you mm-hmm. in the languaging and the breadth of the characters and and these priestesses from all over the world from all different traditions and what they gather it it just it's a really deep tapestry of the feminine and the multi-expressions and i found that to be a really beautiful part of the work mm-hmm. um would you would you carry and 
this feminine um, priestesshood that you talk about, the priestess of Astara, uh, the priestesshood that is is sort of transmuted, tra- transmuted and changes, um, but stays alive in our in our DNA. I'm not sure if you use the term mitochondrial DNA, but that's something that's been coming up a lot in my conversations about mm. this, this part of our DNA that's passed through the mother and that mm. carries, you know, a, a large part of um, what it means to be a woman and mm. what it means to be a priestess. And uh, I'd love to hear if you have any thoughts about that or how that came into play in your inspirations mm, the 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 connection connection into the priestesshood or the connection into the reclaiming of mitochondrial dna or both or <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's a question on my heart is every woman a priestess or are is there truly an initiation into that or mm. or how do we bring that alive today into mm. the consciousness um as as you're probably experiencing it seems like we're reclaiming the archetype and redefining mm. it right now so mm-hmm. i think we're 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 making it uh, what we're creating it right now, and we're we're certainly creating it together. I think you know there is there is initiatory practices you know for many different lineages, and but I also think that there's a new way of being with it. You know the the lineage of the 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 Gaia priestess feels very strong right now and mm. there's I, I don't I don't even want to start I mean we could start to like name the different lineage threads but I feel yeah I feel at this time we're recreating it anew and within that transmuting some of the archetypes around the priestess that have certainly been, which many times, remember there was a time I would do an image search for like priestess and it would be mostly the dark feminine that would show up in the collective Mm. consciousness, which was interesting. Mm. Um, But I I think that is is changing, you know, Mm -hmm. as both of us carry you know, begin to, to carry many of the different aspects of her. And mm-hmm. um, I'd like to think of it like, you know, in the Buddhist tradition, it's bodhicitta. You know, everyone has that potential to be a Buddha. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something that we cultivate in each other and we, we tend and grow the gardens, that bodhicitta in each other. And, you know, my probably central practice is really Buddhism. Um, you know, there's mm. definitely many different threads. Um, and, but I, I love the idea in, in the context of like the Bodhisattva vow of everything that we're doing to the best of our ability is for the benefit of all beings through time mm-hmm. and backwards in time, you know. And... Mm that is why we become a priestess 
you know, that is why we, we serve in this life. And, you know, for myself personally, that's, that's why I create. And mm. it took me, you know, many years to be able to be the point, even though the download or the hologram was there. And part of it maybe was with collective timing, but to be at the point where um, I was ready to start to be a vessel for that, many initiations. You know? mm. And what does that feel like to bring something like this through that? I'm really interested in the creative process right now. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, because I feel I'm coming into my own really deeply authentic creations right now in a way I have mm. not before that I've sort of borrowed or used other structures and I feel very uh, open to it in fact I had a neck I've been having this neck injury and I just feel mm. all of this energy moving up through my head as I'm clearing this neck injury it's, mm. this, this is, it's like this creative literal physical block <laughs> mm. um and so I I'm just curious what it feels like to hold that. And I know you're birthing a new book right now. And mm. I'd love to hear a little bit about that process. It was interesting. I think for, you know, when we create, like, I, I loved what you were saying because, you know, there's a lot of different ideas that want to be created through us. That's part of our human experience, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's the one or the ones that are really your soul's dharma. Mm -hmm. And Gaia Codex was such uh, a clarity to me that that was what I needed to do. And I was tested on it a couple of times. I think, I mean, I think, you know, I've certainly shared it before in interviews, but I had written for like three or four months when I really decided, okay, I'm going to commit to writing, writing this. And, um, I actually never get things stolen, but I got my computer stolen and I hadn't mm. backed it up. Oh, so, so it was whew, gone. Mm -hmm. And wow. So I really prayed with the mother and said, um, you know, if this is mine to do, you know, please, please show me the way. And um, I, I feel it's mine to do, but it was this rededication at another level. And mm. um, I ended up taking a pause of a year and working with this company, which was, I was a curator for sacred knowledge. So it was actually kind of perfect, right? It was a research, <laughs> paid research job. And then, um, How cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I went a year later and started to write and, mm -hmm. and then it was, I mean, for me, the things that are mine to do, they, they grab you and they don't let you go. Mm -hmm. And they almost, if you aren't birthing them, they, they become almost like a bodily ache or pain. Mm -hmm. And if you are working and letting it go, then that energy is flowing. It's like the Kundalini is the Shakti. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel really grateful to be able to create and to, you know, bring, bring these uh, transmissions through and to share with others. It's such a privilege. 
And yeah, I, I don't take it lightly. Mm-hmm. I feel that. And I, I was able to gather a lot of information, enough information from the web about you that I felt the reverence you hold for this work and, mm-hmm. um, and your reverence as a transmitter, a creator of that. And I, I really felt that. And I feel like I've already learned a lot from you as a creator in experiencing your work and experiencing how you're holding it as, as a Dharma. Mm. Um, uh, I myself am feeling my work is um, community building. I've mm. been, uh, I've been a minister, community organizer, mm. yogi. I've been through a lot of, of pieces of that and, this next piece feels um, it feels very different, and it also feels it has that tenor of being a dharma dharmic path that mm-hmm. I have not felt yet in this life, and um, I feel myself approaching it with sort of a fear and trembling of like an awe and reverence that I haven't had <laughs> either of mm-hmm. things of um, a commitment at a soul level. That is very compelling and um, inviting me to sort of really deeply surrender to it as well. Mm. So I feel on the precipice of that a bit. Mm. And I'm, it's, um, I'm holding you with that mm. and it feels so important to have those beings who are holding communities specifically for us, for us to rest in. It's, it's almost, we're talking about like at the beginning here about the fabric. I mean, we, we need that and we will need that so much and, and strong, strong visionary tested <laughs> wise mm-hmm. women and men uh, doing that so thank you well i i think that your book i this, i'll speak to that what you just said about vision is um this invitation that i'm feeling in myself to hold a bigger vision to hold mm-hmm. a broader vision of what we can be and mm-hmm. um i haven't really allowed myself to go there i've been for some reason um afraid of claiming the bigger vision and mm-hmm. i will say that is that is a piece of what your book helped create for me like oh my god this is what we are go i feel this this is mm. what we are going for what i feel personally inspired to bring to life a vision mm. of a uh, rebirthing of our earth um mm. uh, there's a lot of pieces that that are contained in that and so that we're helping each other hold the frequency of what can be and that mm. would be my prayer. I feel like that's the essence of the prayer we're holding. Mm. Mm, thank you. That's, that's so, I deeply resonate with that. Yeah. And it, it really, it, it's again, like the facets of a diamond and, you know, each of us hold a little bit of a different angle and will express this frequency, this um, emergent vision for what life on Terra Gaia can be in a different way in different mediums but in it really it's all of us together with that and and in people who are you know coming out of the the chaos of you know our current 
society and culture, which is no longer sustainable, will will have different different entryways in. You know, for some of them, it'll be a yoga class with someone, right, who Mm -hmm. holds that and is able to help them land in their body or a level of kindness or a level of being seen. Mm -hmm. And it's, I love what you were saying about big vision because it's so much of it is the day-to-day moments. It is, it is as much the day-to-day moments of how we are with each other and our families and communities and as it is the big vision and, and holding that it's Mm -hmm. both the microcosm and macrocosm, right? It totally is. And I think my tendency has been towards the super practical and pragmatic, you know, Mm. being a great, yes, it's been very, (laughs) you know, it's been on food, you know, feet on the ground, very grassroots. And this invitation now, it's so funny. I, I used to be a Kundalini yoga teacher Mm. and I stopped teaching Kundalini because every time I would teach Kundalini, I would get a headache and I'd get vertigo. Mm. And I'm, and I'm, I told you I'm working with this neck injury and I see now Mm. I was actually blocking myself from moving the kundalini all the way up it was scary right. to me. Mm. it was scary to, to me to hold such a big vision or even mm. claim that i could hold this big vision mm. um and uh i tend to f- i tend to have friends who actually are huge visionaries and i tend to hold the the anchor on the earth mm. and mm. and i'm feeling this invitation like no no you rise too and we're, we're mm. all going to hold this and also mm. all as you mentioned at the beginning of the interview learn how to bring those together um, embodied and on the earth and and um, creating so um, it feels like a big a big launch happening for me right now of um, a faith you know faith uh, to move mm-hmm. to move into more of an idealism I think also you know with you know because we're, we're we're so many things right we're we're souls we're we're spirits we're 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 homo sapiens we're and in regards to women though you know and this is i think women you know with you know there's the part in the book like with uh uh helene belafonte and mm-hmm. you know she talks about power and mm-hmm. you know there's a couple different conversations both when she's with Lila Sophia but her own use and misuse of power Mm -hmm. and you know that I think that is a big thing for us collectively as women and those of us who identify as women and just the, the the feminine soul human soul of the planet to heal how we weld power Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's, it's, I always find it comforting to have it within that prayer, you know, may this, again, may this be for the, the benefit of all beings and the well-being of all beings and to really do the practices of going deep within ourselves of the why, you know, why are we doing this? Um, you know, are we doing it for uh, fame and glory? Are we doing it um, because there's uh, we don't feel seen or we do feel seen? You know, if, if we're coming and we've done the practices within ourselves, and it's continual, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm still learning every day with this, uh, of course, because it's deepening and deepening. But 
you know, when we know where the root is, then the flower will be something that we don't have to worry about it. We want it to grow, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it's, we've gone down, down and done that work within ourselves to say, you know, why am I doing this? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you're just, you're just sort of touching on such big this this last fall i was working with pat my own power and how i had misused power in the past mm. and in in different lineages of of power mm. and um that was absolutely why i wasn't didn't feel ready to totally claim the dharma and um mm. yeah. Uh, yeah the great news is is that probably most every soul on the planet has done it mm-hmm. if we believe in reincarnation right? mm-hmm. it's, it's like part of the curriculum mm-hmm. yes. and, and even when we get to a place of peace with it we're we're, we're tested with it and so mm-hmm. you know again fine-tuning and fine-tuning mm-hmm. so, so that's the good news so it means that and there's also such a need for souls and for women to reclaim their power and um you know for humanity to reclaim there's a there's a lot of souls right now in the human race that are really living lives of slavery and Mm. you know the you know the current system does not lives of slavery within a a crumbling (laughs) crumbling house you know um, but we can change that you know Mm -hmm. at this moment you know as we look on to 2020 it's January um, what is your vision you know for how we do this together we gather is is often and at any size we've been doing a lot of um informal women's circles you know that some of them spontaneously some of them planned most of them in in my case have been local um personally you know my own work uh you know, there's been this rumblings about a feature film around the Gaia Codex and, mm. you know, a couple of different rounds doing that with that. But my focus is really going there. Um, I'm writing awesome. a feature, feature film script for it right now, which is one step in the process. Um, so that, that that feels very true to me um, for my own piece of it. Yeah, and as you mentioned, there is another book which slowly, slowly, it's probably a couple year process, but it's, 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 I'm really, Gaia Codex very much feels like medicine for right now. This new book feels like medicine for about in five years. Mm. So it'll probably be written to, you know, it'll be, it is being written to be published, you know, and I'd say in a couple years time. So Mm. it's, it's a, a little bit, up on the the future line mm-hmm. so that's that's my personal and then just like going the the day-to-day practice um we have a lot of people come up on the land up here spend time up here 
both, you know, kind of formal gatherings and informal mm. time in the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of prayers every morning for all of us. Mm. I, I feel, you know, every morning really doing that prayer after my set practices, um, just really holding all of Gaia and tuning in with with sisters and, you know, other beings who are really holding us all in prayer right now that we have auspicious outcomes and we, we come through this birth canal without too much um, destruction, you know. Mm. And, yeah, that's beautiful. I wonder if um, if maybe we close with a prayer together. Would you feel comfortable with that? Oh, that would be amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I would love that too. Yeah. Do you want to start and then I'll come in, or do you vice split? How would you? How would that you like to weave it? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. So I, as I'm sitting here looking down the road, I see a hill overlooking mountains and the sun rising. And I feel myself imaginatively bowing in prayer and bowing my head to the earth in gratitude that we live in this time together. You and me, Sarah, that we are getting to connect and then all of the invisible threads of women surrounding us and who will hear this and connecting our hearts together and weaving this beautiful tapestry where each of us can hold our our peace as that diamond and just sending gratitude out on the wavelengths and the threads um, for these women and that we may have the courage collectively to speak, to hold power with reverence and awe, to honor this earth and this place where we've chosen to live and the beauty of this creation that is holding us. Uh, We pray for those who can't yet see that and that we may uh, hold the light uh, for each other and Uh, carry this frequency forward of love, of light, of reverence, of rebirth through this birth canal in a timely way of the um, of the sacredness of who we each are and uh, that would be my prayer this morning well Prayer feels so um, whole and complete. Um, thing that I'm seeing to add to it is just the the full igniting of that soul spark in each being on the planet. And yes, as you were saying, the reamplification and that exponential, exponential and organic and joyous 
wave of connection, the circles within circles that mm-hmm. make this flower of life, which is the web that is there holding as protection mm-hmm. and a prayer, a living prayer. And for us to know as we're going about our days and the busyness of it and in the simpleness of it that we're held by our kindred spirit sisters, our sisters, and um, fellow souls of both genders and all genders, but also our our priestess sisters, and we're finding each other. And we're here together in the prayer to help birth the world anew. Mm. And um, I'm so glad that we're connected, and and thank you so much. Mm, Me too. I'm grateful for your gifts of languaging and your um, bringing the depth of wisdom through through words. And I feel tantalized and excited to hear what is coming next and what, Mm -hmm. um, in a way, your book has been a prophecy and... uh, Mm -hmm. And in the classical language, I would say that probably uh, I would see you as a bit of a prophetess. So um, thank you for holding the world and all of us in your prayer and being that voice. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for all the work that you're doing and, and just sending so many blessings for its rooting and growing and all the connection of community that's going to be flowering around you. I can feel it. Mm, Thank you. Mm. Uh, Well, that feels like a sweet spot to end unless (laughs) there's other things on your heart that you'd like to talk about. I feel full. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. So grateful I got to be with Sarah Drew. And thank you to Lotus Sky for providing the music behind this episode. I interviewed her earlier in the season. You can check that out. Also, would love to meet you in person at the Living Light Retreat. Uh, You can find that at livinglightretreat.com or just go to my website, Daughter of Creation, and get on the mailing list. You'll get all those details. Ah, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we always appreciate your feedback. Uh, if you'd like to rate and review and subscribe to this podcast uh, or share it with your friends, we're grateful for all of that. Thank you so much for tuning in from my heart to yours. <laughs>